What's it really like to visit a professional dominatrix? In this episode of Conversations with a Dom, myself, Wano, and our special guest, Tom, discuss his experiences of visiting a professional dom. We're going to talk about Tom's journey, how his personal circumstances led him to explore BDSM and seek professional dominatrixes. We're going to talk about how to find the right dominatrix for you, how do you find them, how do you choose them, and tips for initiating contact. Then we're going to discuss what really happens in a session, examples of some dominatrixes, what they do, what they don't do, and how you should communicate with them. We'll also talk a little bit about the differences between fantasy and reality, and what Tom's experiences have taught him. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink, and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasised about. Hello and welcome to this episode of Conversations with the Dom. Today I am joined by Moano. Hi. As usual. And we're also joined by a special guest, Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello. Good Hello. afternoon. Thanks for being here. Now, you contacted me via email because you had some things to share and you wanted to share specifically around your experience visiting professional dominatrixes. That's correct. Loved your podcast. Wanted to try to contribute a little bit if I could. Amazing. Yeah. So we're really excited to have you here. We've had professional doms on before, but we've never had someone who's visited them. And we don't have experience of that either. So yeah, we're really excited to hear your take and I'm sure the listeners will be as well. Tell us a little bit about yourself first or as much as you can can reveal without for the sake of anonymity. Sure. A mid- middle-aged guy that lives in America, have long had a fascination with BDSM, had done a little bit with my ex-wife, but more, I'd say, dabbling in it. She wasn't really into it. I've always found it kind of hard to be with somebody that just dabbled. You know, they're trying. I give them a lot of credit, but it doesn't really work for you. So after we got divorced, I was like, it's time to live, buddy. And you've always had this interest. You've always wanted to take this to a next level. I was living by a big city at the time, so it was easier to find pro-doms in that area. So I did some internet searches and uh, found a dom and went to see her. My interest is probably a little more in the power exchange and then corporal punishment or impact play. I'm not into as much as some of the other stuff like the CBT and I've tried. I've tried a lot of different things, but sometimes the reality does not match the fantasy. So I've seen several pro-doms since then, different parts of the country. In America, I don't know if it's true in England, but in America, there's also disciplinarians. So they're just more into the corporate punishment side. They don't really do some of the stuff the other doms do. I think I've enjoyed the doms a little more because there I feel like you have a little more of the power exchange and scene dynamic. How long ago did you get divorced and start sort of this exploration? I got divorced about eight years ago. Okay. So I've been doing this about eight years. Yeah. And was that, seeing a professional, was that your first foray into the world of BDSM, uh, like in public play spaces? Or did you ever go to parties and explore the scene that way? Or did you go straight to the professionals? Straight to the professional. I'm pretty introverted. So the idea of going to a public play party would be a little intimidating. I've liked hearing your podcast where you talk about it, but also not being partnered. I think that also creates a different dynamic for me that I just wasn't comfortable with. I'm going to kind of ask some questions to find out your experiences about visiting a pro dom and also phrase them in a way that's going to be useful for people listening who would, who'd be interested because obviously you've got experience of doing it and they might be you know, wanting to find one, but not not sure how to go about it. So hopefully we'll mix those two angles together. Sure. So for anyone who's out there who wants to visit a pro dom, what would you advise? What's the best way to go about finding someone? Are there specific platforms or communities that you can recommend to do to do so? I literally went through Google. So I feel like Google's your best friend and just type doms and, you know, in my area or doms in the city. 
and it'll bring up a lot of, you know, some are ads, some is junk, but then you just go through those and that's how I found them. I just click on the links. A lot of pro doms have their own websites. So Google will bring those up and then you go to their sites and look through what they do. Does that align with your kinks or not? There are other sites out there. I forget. I think one is Eros, E-R-O-S, that some of the doms advertise on, but I've always just used Google and had pretty good luck. Mm. And did you, like, how do you, when you're looking at all of these, because I'm sure there's lots of different results, how do you, yes. how did you decide, yeah, this is, the, you know, these are the two that I want to contact. What was it about them or what, was there something specific that on their website that made you trust them? Uh, how did you decide? Yeah, that's such a great question. I don't know that I have a, Great answer to it. Part of it is reading what they do and don't do. So a lot of lists kind of their hard limits or the things they're into. A few I saw said, you know, very open to novices. I think some doms would probably not want to play with a novice. And that's fine. That's their business model. That's, you know, where they they specialize. But I looked for sites that were open to newbies, people that just wanted to explore. And there were a few I found that certainly had that on their site. And then I would take a look to just make sure their their kinks are aligning with yours. I mean, if they're mostly into, you know, like age play or diaper play or something that's not your thing, then I would probably scroll on by and try to find a different one. And then the third thing would just be location. I mean, I think we may talk later in this podcast about just prepping and getting to a dom, which maybe doesn't sound like much, but it's... <laughs> It is a little stressful and it, it does create a little bit of a different dynamic. So I was also looking for ones that were probably no more than about 30 miles from where I, I was located. And then you can also look at price. The price for a pro dom is all over the board. You may have seen recently, there's some dom in Singapore, Far East, it's $10,000 a day, oh. kind of making, wow. <laughs> yeah, she's been on some podcasts. I was like, well, I know that, that's just hard to grasp as an average person. But look a little bit at price, you know, depending on your budget and and what you think you can afford. So those are some of the things I did. But I'd cer certainly encourage anybody to just use Google to start, and that can take you down a lot of different paths. And then from there, do you how do you go about making that first contact? Sure, almost all the DOM sites I've ever seen they have a contact form on it. So they will ask you to fill out certain information and then it submits it to the DOM and then they'll hopefully get back to you. They may say, you know, hey, thanks for the contact. I'm not interested or our interests don't align. They may say, great, you know, let's have an email dialogue. Here's my email. And then you go back and forth from that point as to what you're looking for and work toward getting a session scheduled. A few have phone numbers, but I think that's pretty rare you can imagine the amount of crank calls they'd get and all mm. do you have any advice on on that first contact what you know do you put do you list out all your interests straight away or do you just want to fill them out first at what point would you say here's here's what i'm interested in does that match with what you are interested in yeah so i i definitely put in there what i'm interested in in the first contact it might be pretty brief you know i'm into impact play and power exchange. I wouldn't go into a lot of detail. I would really encourage everybody though, most of the sites of the DOMS, they do have the instructions for how to fill out the contact form. And I think one of the worst things you can do if you want them to respond or play with you is to not follow their instructions. Mm -hmm. So I would read them. I would read them several times and I would follow them to a T to start because you want to appear like, you know, you're going to be a good client. You can follow their rules. A lot will say, don't send one sentence emails. If you do that, we're just going to delete it, never get back to you. And there too, I can only imagine the amount of, you know, just non-viable requests they get. So it's part of their business model. They've got to weed out the, the riffraff and focus on the people that seem serious. Yeah, I bet they get a lot of spam coming in. Is there a sort of like courtesy structure that's inherent within the communications that you do with the pro dom do they have similar sort of requirements for titles or for salutations or things like that 
or do you kind of have to change it up with each one? You know, this may sound bad. Most most don't, and I was never really into that part of it. So in the salutation part, maybe in the session, they're going to have the honorifics or whatever they want you to use. But no, I've not found it in the email communication and trying to get the session established. I think that's good because that, that was something that I've always been curious about. Like, I think it would be a bit intense and slightly off-putting to approach someone that you don't know and immediately go into, hello, master princess, yes. so you know, whoever. Yes. Well, yeah, I, whenever I get emails and they start with like, hello, sir, or hello, master, I'm like, why are you immediately trying to get into a dynamic with me? Mm -hmm. Like, I've not, I've not agreed to this. I can sort of see it because, you know, they want to be respectful. respectful, but at the same time, it makes me wonder, do they actually understand what BDSM is about? And because they're almost then forcing me into the Dom role and I don't want to be in the Dom yeah. role with them. So, yeah, I do get those sorts of emails and it's an instant like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sure about this person. So, yeah. Like or back to your earlier question about like, how would you select if I came across a Dom site that had that? and required that sort of salutation that's probably when i just pass on and yeah. say you know that that doesn't work for me it may work for a lot of the people which is great but that's not really my thing so i'm just going to move on here mm. so it does sound like there's a lot of different options out there and and it's uh, they offer a lot of different services so don't just necessarily pick the the first one and if you try it out and it, it isn't for you then there's other options out there and because bdsm is such a broad broad spectrum of things you can try yeah, I think, I think it will vary, though, based on your location. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're not by a big city in the U.S., then it's probably going to be tougher and you're probably going to have more limited choices. And I think certain cities, too. If you're in New York or L.A., you probably are going to have 100 pages in Google of yeah. options. You know, some of the other cities, you may only have a page or two of viable options. So it's going to depend quite a bit on that dynamic. Mm. So tell us about the, the sort of, you mentioned that going there was quite stressful or you, there was a lot to do. T tell us about that kind of first experience for you and, and has it got any easier? I've always lived in the suburbs till now. So like for suburban people, parking is you just go to a store and there's a parking lot and that's where you park. You go down to the city and it's like a, it's like a whole nother world of parking. And I don't parallel park very well, so you might <laughs> have to parallel park. So. You know, you're nervous about going, right? You're, I mean, you're excited, but you're also nervous and sure. You're going to a neighborhood you've never been to. You're going to a place you've never been to. You don't want to be late. So you want to leave plenty early. Like I did this in Chicago, never knew what traffic from the suburbs to the city was going to be like. So you're trying to plan all this stuff. And then if you get there too early, a dom never wants you to show up early, right? Mm -hmm. They may be with another client. They may be prepping for your session. So then you get there early and you're sitting in your car for half an hour wondering if, you know, are people staring at you? Sure. You know, I get a little self-conscious. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird, to me, it was kind of a weird dynamic and I never quite mastered it. I think I've gotten a little better, but I went to a dom I use here last Tuesday and it's usually like half an hour ride. But one of the roads, I don't know what was going on, but it was blocked. And I didn't know, it's the only way I've ever gone. So I didn't really know the alternate routes. I'm watching the clock tick away on my car. No. And, you know, so it's it's just a kind of a hard element to it. Mm. I think ideally, if you were like within walking distance of where your dom is, that would be ideal. Yeah, I guess it's like any meeting or business meeting or important meeting. You, get, you There's always a stress around getting there on time and traffic but the stakes are so much higher when you're going to see a professional dominant i mean like i imagine that you're already anticipating the experience you know that it could be something really fantastic but it's also something that sounds very nerve-wracking so i think the added stress of trying to get there i don't know if my anxiety would allow me to get to that point to be fair mm, yeah yeah and the other, there's a slight tangent, but the other thing that's kind of hard is you have to schedule these in advance. Very few doms will do same day. And, you know, if they're busy, it may be two to three weeks. 
from the time you contact them to when you can get in, even ones you've used before. So sometimes when I you know, ask Saddam about scheduling a session, I'm very much in a submissive mood. I want to play. And then you got two to three weeks before you actually get there, you know, work, life, everything else goes on. So sometimes even in the prep, it's just hard to then switch your mindset back into, okay, the, you know, it's Wednesday at three o'clock. Okay. How do I, how do I get ready for that? How do I get in the right mind frame? In addition to just the logistics of getting there, I found that really hard mm. and I've, I've tried lots of different things. But I what, can't say I have a full solution to that yet. What are some of the, I'm curious, what are some of the things you've tried? Yeah, sometimes I might reread the emails that I sent to Dom. Just, to, okay, here's what we want to, here's what we talked about doing in this session. Try to get the mindset. I might watch some fetish porn like that day before I go or read erotic or fetish stories. I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes the literature is more effective. Sometimes the, the visual is more effective for me. Sometimes I've done nothing. I think the last time or two times ago before I went, I just said, I'm just going to just show up. I'm not going to go through all those steps I just mentioned. Let me just see how that works. So I've I've tried that as well. Um, sometimes I'll just try to breathe, you know, maybe do some breathing exercises or try to calm myself down. Sometimes I will think about, well, why am I doing this? And to try to get in that mindset, I'm doing this because it's fun. It's a release. I like the psychological thrill of being with the Dom and go through that in my head. I said earlier, I'm an introvert. So, you know, the, the tape is always going, the mind's always going, but just trying to, to figure out what's going to put me in the right mood. Because I'll, I'll fully admit, I've played with a few Doms where I just couldn't get in the mood in the session. And that, that's bad. I mean, I'm trying to let go. I find myself nervous. You know, she's spanking me and I'm thinking about what am I going to have for dinner when this is over? It's like, you know, <laughs> this is, yeah, this isn't great. And it happens you're paying the money. Well. Yeah. yeah, but you, but you're, yeah, you know, it happens in regular couples, but you've got the added sure. thing that you, you're paying for it it's as well. Cost. So And a time Yeah, cost. and a time and mm. you've driven all the way there. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Do you have and then that's on me. I mean, I'm not blaming the dumb. No, of course, That's of on me to try to, how do you focus and let go and really get into that scene so you can enjoy it. And the times I have, it's been fantastic. Do you have a sort of like setting the mood playlist of music that you ever put on or have you ever tried that? I am not a music person. Be like one of five people in the world that's not really into music. It's not that I just like it. It was just never part of my life. So no, I don't have that. Sometimes I will listen to a BDSM podcast, like driving tour to Try to get in the mood. So mm -hmm. maybe that's my playlist. Yeah. Some of those are okay. Some of those are not great. So it Ours doesn't is great, always work. So. Yours is great. Yes. <laughs> All right. So when, so you you get there. What happens then? What on arrival? What what what's yeah. the next step? So usually said you, you you they don't want you to show up early. So usually they ask you to text them uh, when you get there or a few minutes before the session. And then usually they'll text back and say, okay, you can come in now. So then you, you got to go up to the door. They'll probably either unlock it or you knock and they'll let you in. Um, you know, I think they have a lot of privacy concerns. Mm -hmm. so depending on where they are, they don't want the neighbors wonder if they do. So they don't want you lingering out there too long. So they'll let you in and they'll greet you. If you've played before with them and you have some familiarity, then Generally, the session will start pretty quickly. You would give them the tribute or the amount of money, and then you would probably start the session is, you know, you've emailed before, you've communicated what you want. If it's your first or second time with the Dom, then you're probably going to spend five or 10 minutes just talking about the session, maybe going over the emails you sent, making sure you're on the same page. I always like to talk about the safe words. Just make sure we both know what they are and what they mean. This was a little surprising. I always thought red kind of meant stop what you're doing. But to some doms, it means stop the session entirely. Mm -hmm. So you just want to be clear that, you know, maybe yellow means, hey, let's stop in the moment and talk about it, but then keep going. Because you don't want to be 15 minutes into something you paid for. You say red and they're like, okay, we're done yeah. for the day. So I think just making sure you're very clear. 
on that. If there's any other requests, I mean, you've emailed ahead of time, you've got the session in mind, but maybe drive in there or something, another idea occurred to you that's, you know, you want to incorporate. So you could talk about anything like that with them. Mm -hmm. And then once that's over, the, they'll start the session. So they may tell you to strip or they may, you know, leave the room, tell you to take your clothes off, kneel down, they'll be back in. And I, I kind of like the more formal start to a session. I There's just a little bit of a ritual or something of a break there that helps put me in the mood. I wouldn't really want to go just from, hey, we just talked about and then get over my lap. And so I, I like a little bit of a break. And mm. sometimes they may ask you to meditate for a minute or two. So strip, kneel, and just do some deep breaths, get yourself in the mood for the session. And then they will come in and the session will start. Mm. And just going back to the consent bit. So you, when you're speaking for five to 10 minutes, how how granular do you get? You know, are you... Are you listing out all the things you want and all the things that are definitely hard limits? Or is it more uh, they're making suggestions and you're saying, yeah, I'm okay with that. No, I'm not. Like, especially if it's a new person that you're working with. Can you just explain a little bit more about, about that side of things? Sure. I, I, my guess would be it very significantly between both the client and the dom. In my case, I'm generally fairly granular in the emails I send to her about what I want to do in the session. And I think one of the challenges is, do you want to really just structure the entire session per your email? And, you know, I want you to do this, and then I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. I don't really like that because then, it, A, to me, there's a bit of a thrill and an unknown when you do a session. Mm -hmm. right? You have the broader limits and impact play, sensory play, whatever it's going to be. But you know, I don't, you know, at, at 305, you're going to do this at 310, you know, I, I don't want to get into that level of detail, but I might talk about implements I like to use, spanking positions, you know, do I like a pinwheel, fingernails, feathers, that type of stuff. So I'll generally give her a list of things I'd like to try. Um, sometimes we'll play games, like she, she has a wheel that spins and whatever it ends on, that's the implement she's going to use. So, you know, I like sort of the game, the randomness. Mm -hmm. But I try not to structure it so much that I know, you know, exactly what's going to happen in the exact sequence. So I'm like, these are ideas for you. You know, you structure the session, incorporate these, feel to incorporate other things. We probably would have talked about hard limits. So if you're not into anal at all, then, you know, tell them, hey, I don't want you playing with my anus, putting your finger in my anus. Um, if there's certain implements you don't like, like I don't like single tail whips. They, just aren't my thing. Some doms really like them, but mm. they don't do anything for me. I don't like being hit in the back. I I don't know why. I say I don't like. I like this. It doesn't do anything for me. So I, why you know? There's all this stuff she could do that does something for me. So mm. I don't want to be doing stuff that doesn't really do anything for me. So I th if you communicate all those things, I, I've generally found they will certainly honor them. And follow through. But I have had doms in a session suggest stuff. Like one dom I'd played with a lot said, hey, have you ever tried anal? And I said, no, but I'm game in the moment. You know, previously that might have been a hard limit. It's like, yeah, let's try it. You always have your safe word. If it doesn't work, you know, you can safe word out of it and stop. I think once she didn't even ask me, but she used a humbler that I had you know, not talked about before with her, but it wasn't a hard limit. And I told her no. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of psychologically, to me, it was psychologically fun to try that. So I think as doms get more comfortable with you, they may either try stuff themselves without asking as long as it wasn't a hard limit, or they may ask if you want to try something and then you should feel empowered to say yes or no. Yeah. I, I don't view it as a contest. Like, you know, you got up the pain level, you got to, try a gazillion things but i do think it's fun to try to expand your boundaries and like the current dom i've seen i've asked her hey are you okay if we try something and it doesn't work and she's like yeah that's fine that's the only way you know so if we try something you ask for it, it's just not working just tell me and you know we tried it didn't work mm. no problem with that so i've liked that a lot yeah it's really so it, yeah it's really interesting that you get you're giving the sort of broad brushstrokes but you're not you're not saying do this and then this and then this and you're letting the dom come up with that side of things but 
it's also, I think, important for any subs who are listening because some subs think that they don't get any say in in a session. I'm not just talking about visiting a professional, but in a, in a relationship, that they have to do whatever the dom says and that they shouldn't say what they're into. And I, I you know, I keep trying to tell them, no, it's it's almost the other way around. It's like you you set the the boundaries and you set the things you want to do, and then the dom can play within that. It's yes. it, it that's the way around it should be. So it's really refreshing to hear that, that you know that is how it works with when you visit a professional as well. So yeah, good takeaway for people listening. I think. And it was interesting because the last time I went to see this Tom last week, I, I'd sent her an email in advance of some of the things I wanted to do. We played quite a bit, so we know each other now. But I said, "Are these emails I send you helpful with ideas for the session?" And a lot of them don't have, I mean, there's stuff I like. So most of the emails are around the theme of what I like. But her response was, oh, these emails are super helpful. Good communication is essential. They need BDSM scene. And you're always great about telling me what you'd like. And I just thought that it was nice, you know, nice to get the positive feedback. But I thought it was really sort of a good, more macro view of the scene, right? You've got to communicate. You've got to be on the same page. And if you're not doing that, you're probably not going to have a very good scene. Mm-hmm. And you, I think you mentioned when we when we chatted briefly a few weeks ago that there were some DOMs who didn't, who broke the consent, or or am I right in remembering that? I worked with one. She was more a disciplinarian than a DOM, and she had a no safe word policy. So mm. I saw her it was i think of what mistakes have i made in doing this that was a huge mistake we had talked on the phone before we had emailed i thought we were on the same page we really weren't i mean when i showed up she was like in sweatpants looked like she just got out of bed um she had music blasting at super high decibels but she was in an apartment so maybe it's to block out the noise but i don't like playing with really loud music i can't concentrate mm-hmm. I yeah can't focus her warm-up spanking was probably harder than anything i've ever had in my life so i had Mm -hmm. paid her for an hour and a half i left after 20 minutes i just told her i didn't feel safe i didn't like what was going on she got really mad at me but i didn't care i'm never gonna see her again yeah i mean that's instant Um, instant red flags like yeah mom's getting mad at you Mm -hmm. for for leaving that's she probably was more into it for doing it for herself than that was my take Mm. you know she didn't say hey sorry can we read can we talk about this can we try to renegotiate and i did feel bad because she had prepped quite a bit i say feel bad she got her money i didn't come back so you know i I didn't feel that bad but it was just one of those live and learn things but i would encourage anybody listening never ever play without safe words it's it's just not nothing good's gonna come from that how do you keep yourself safe when you are communicating with the doms beforehand? And then when you get there, like, are there certain things that you look out for to make sure that you know it's going to be an environment that is that is safe and that you're going to feel comfortable enough to have a scene? Yeah, I think, you know, some of it is just human intuition. I know that's not a great answer, but you meet people, you get an idea, I think sometimes pretty quickly. I think the pre-scene communication when you get there and then how they start can be real tells. I mean, I always tell them, I need a warm-up like for impact play. I, I just need to get warmed up. That's important to me. I can't really tolerate the pain if we don't have a warm-up. So, you know, if, if they just started a session wailing away on me, I would say that we're done. You know, this mm. doesn't work. Or at least let's talk and we've got to revamp this. I'd also look at, are they following anything you sent? There was a dom I'd played with quite a bit. I think toward the end of our playing together, she was going through some pretty tough personal things. Her partner left. I don't know if she had an addiction problem, but it got to the point where when I'd see her, she'd do nothing I asked for. And so then I stopped going. I'm like this. It was unfortunate because she'd been great, but it got to the point where, yeah, I no longer felt safe in that environment. So I would tell you to, it's a hard combination, right? I mean, you want a little bit of fear. You want a little bit of edge in a session, I think. And it's easier, I think, when you've played with somebody for a bit, you know them 
they know you, but if you're just starting out, I would probably encourage you to be a little more cautious. Yeah. But I also, my experience, you know, other than that one disciplinarian I talked about, most pro doms have been great. They really do care about their clients. They care about the community. They are professionals. They know what they're doing. They're there to help you. and They want you to learn and enjoy the session. Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, that's that's what you would want. I'm curious, when you go to a session, is there any sort of sexual play involved? Do you, does it stay? Like, I know that might be a, a funny question to ask, but I I know that the the idea of a pro dom sometimes it's it's pure impact or it's just a discipline or bossing the sub around or something or it might go into sensation but then there's there's no sex or there's no genital contact or things like that. So what have you found in your in your experience? Um I would say there's definitely no sex. I mean they are not prostitutes at least in America. I, I can't speak for the the rest of the world, prostitution is illegal here. So there, there is no sex. I mean, don't go there thinking you're going to have sexual intercourse or oral sex or anything like that. But they'll certainly, you know, play with your genitals. I mean, some do CBT. Um, some will do tease and denial or edging. But it's not, yeah, you're not going to end up having intercourse or something like that at the end of it in the States. And you have to, you know, you have to kind of figure out what you're into. I mean, it's been hard for me. Sometimes I think it's sexual. A lot of times I think it's more just psychological and thrill-seeking. It's a release. I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff, but the sex part of it, at least during a session, is probably more toward the bottom of it. But, you know, if you're into CBT or into edging or something, you'll have to look at their website and see if they do it. But I think most will do it. Mm. Did, did that answer your question? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean... I I wonder if I'd consider CBT like sex. I don't know. Like I I feel like if 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 a male ends up orgasming from it then is that is that not sex? But it is it is interesting how there's there's that difference between sex oral, just yeah, not yeah, penetrative. Yeah, penetrative sex, sex yeah, or or things like that. Yeah. But I I'm curious to know like what the sort of variety is especially when you branch out from the states. Yeah, I, I suspect it's might, the same in the UK, but I don't know. If you're into pegging, you might find a dom that'll do that. I, you know, I don't know where the the laws around penetrative penetrative sex are or not. So look at their website. Some would say, you know, we're anal play pegging. Others may not. You can also ask if you're into that. And it's not on their website. They they will tell you. Mm. You know, they would they need to protect their they need to protect their business. They don't want to get in trouble with the law either. So yeah, I'm sure they're going to pretty much adhere to what the rules are in the area they live in. Yeah, of course. Have you had anything go wrong in the session? Sure. I've, you know, I talked about that disciplinarian that I walked out on. So that was kind of everything went wrong from yeah. the second I've walked in. I've had where my feet or legs cramp. Cramps hurt, right? Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It happens and in there, you know, Hey, we, we need to yellow. I need to stretch my toes or whatever to get rid of the, the Is that due to like bondage or, or just like the weird position you're in? I think just the position I'm in, you're probably a little stressed anyway, a little harder to relax. Mm -hmm. I don't always hydrate well before a session because I don't want to be in the middle of the session, have to pee. But if you're not hydrating well, you're probably going to cramp up a little yeah, more. That's true. Yeah. It may not have eaten as well. I mean, I also don't want to go to Dom and have stomach issues. That's, that's no fun. So probably a little bit off the normal diet and all. I've occasionally asked, I've occasionally had a Dom say she's going to do something that was a hard limit. I, I don't think on purpose. I think they just forgot. So there I would usually just stop them and say, I'm sorry, but I'm not in. Like one Dom had a metal cane that was just awful. So I mm. told her, I think she tried it once and nicely. She was good. We, I was like, no, I think she wanted to use it again. I was like, remember, I said that that's just not, not my thing. So they've always been been really good about that. Yeah. And what about good experiences? Oh, I'd say most of them been really good. You know, I think so much I said earlier is on you is what kind of mood you're in, how much can you let go, how prepared are you for the session? But 
I found almost all of them fun. I'm not sure for you as the sub what it's like, but a lot of times I leave, you know, feeling lighter, feeling like a lot of stress, a lot of, sometimes I just feel like I get sort of bad, discombobulated energy in me. I just feel like those sessions get all of that out. So I walk out feeling almost like I just woke up from anesthetic or something. <laughs> just yeah. lightheaded, happy. Like that, that was really good. It, it's, you know, if if you don't have other alternatives for it, so you don't have a play partner, you don't have a friend with BDSM benefits, you know, you don't have a lot of choice. So I found it really, really good at relieving stress and meeting some of those psychological needs I have mm. from a session. I was going to ask actually if, if like, have you, have you look, tried to look for a partner to who were, who would, you know, give you the same, same things or is it just a, you know, you want to, you want to just have the no strings, you know, they know what they're doing. I'm going to go and talk to a pro about it. No, I would love to have a partner that was into it. My post-divorce dating experience, I shouldn't say experience success. It's kind of mixed. So I'm still exploring that. I thought this year about going on the field fell down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've not done it. I've used like match.com and, and the, some of the more traditional dating sites, but I, I've thought about doing that, but no, that would be the ideal goal. Cause you know, as much as it is fun to play with the pro dom, there's not the intimacy. I mean, not just sexual, but I think most are good. They care about you. They want you to have a good session, but there's just not that intimate connection, which I think would be really nice to have, or even post-session, you know, whether it was sex or just intimate cuddling or, or something that you're just not going to get. Mm -hmm. I think that would make the, the session so much better. And if you had that sense of love or really strong emotional connection, I think that would make it stronger. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to find somebody, but we shall see. Can you share any favorite experiences throughout your time? That's a great question. I hadn't thought about that one. I think I really got into being Kane, which I know a lot of people don't like. I think the Dom was a little surprised that I really enjoyed it, but I feel like it's just a, uh, the pain is so unique. And I think it really just helps me let go. It's usually how we end a session. So that's been something I've enjoyed having her do to me. And then we just recently started playing with some body worship, which I normally didn't think I had a foot fetish or anything, but I think for me, it was more the power exchange of that and being told what to do and how to do it and all. Those have been really good recent experience. And I think that's a little bit of expanding your boundary and saying, hey, let's try something new. Is that something they, they suggested in both cases? And you kind of said, yeah, let's try it. And, and you turned out you liked it. Yeah, it was kind of a combination of both. The current Dom I'm seeing, she generally had a ritual of before we start, she just had me kiss her feet. So not really foot worship. And then I asked her in one of the sessions at the end, could we have a little more of a ritual after the caning? And so then she had me worship her feet a little more. And then I asked her if we could just do more body worship going forward because I kind of was enjoying it. Never something I'd really done. So it's kind of an evolutionary mm -hmm. process as we played together. When you finish the scene with the Dom, what's the sort of aftercare or how does, how does it end? Yeah, so if you're talking about it, you know, completely ending, she usually puts a collar on me to start. So she will take the collar off and that'll symbolize the end of the session, depending on the amount of impact play, sometimes, you know, they may rub your bottom a bit. They may offer to put cream or lotion on it. She'll always ask me how I'm doing after, the, after she takes the collar off. She'll ask me if I want to drink a water or, you know, need to use the restroom or something. And then a lot of times we'll chat for a couple of minutes. I mean, I want to be sensitive to her time. I don't know if she has another client coming, you know, in an hour or something that she needs to get ready for. But we may chit-chat a little bit about the session. We may just chit-chat about each other a little bit. I, you know, I never want to get too personal with them about their lives either. I mean, I want to respect their privacy as well. But then we'll generally just talk a little bit. I'll get dressed and usually, you know, she or I will give each other a hug and then we'll just walk out. So it's also kind of, the, you know, compared to being coupled or something, it is 
you're just sort of then leaving it all, which is a little bit of a weird experience. But, you know, I think they're all good about having a few minutes at the end for you to collect yourself, talk about what happened, make sure you're feeling okay. Mm. Do you do anything for yourself specifically after you've had a scene? Do you have any sort of like self-ritual that you have to get yourself back to baseline? I really don't. I just hope I can focus enough on the drive home not to hit somebody. <laughs> just sort of, you know, sort of. Yeah, if you're in, in subspace, space. you don't want to be operating yeah. heavy machinery. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. Right. But no, otherwise, I, I really don't. It's weird. Sometimes I leave, you know, feeling like I wish it went longer. I wish it, I wish it was still going. Like it didn't quite get me over that energy release hump. It maybe got me 90% of the way there, but you know, I was an athlete. So sometimes they talk about, you know, are you leaving anything on the table? And sometimes I feel like, yeah, maybe I left a little bit there. I don't quite know how to get that out. But other than that, no, I really don't have much of a aftercare routine after that. And sometimes I'll come home, see how bad my butt looks. <laughs> that's, that's about it. I kind of like the marks. They're kind yeah. of a souvenir of the experience. But. I'm sort of equating it to a ma going for a massage for me because obviously I'm not I've never been to a pro dom but it, it it there's a lot of similarity in that you kind of you come out you're spaced out you wish it went for longer yes when you go in you have to fill out a form about what you know you, you yeah, the pressure you want etc cetera, etc cetera, and then you're kind of in this you know in their hands for that hour that you're there right so that's that's the closest experience that yeah I, and then I, at I the end they're like of. okay bye yeah and then at the end you're like oh god i gotta get back to the real world now and uh, yeah walk home or get or travel home and get all the stress back in yeah that's what i'm equating it mm -hmm. to i feel like there's almost similarities between the massage and the bdsm mm. i mean it's a similar you know they want to get to know you a little bit at first what kind of pressure do you want is it too hard too soft in the session yeah. You know, do you want to drink the water at the end? Yeah. You know, sometimes it hurts. I mean, I've had massages. That, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, you, they kind of hurt, and you're like, "Do I like this or not?" It's <laughs> probably good that it hurts, but a little yeah. too much. And so there, I think there are a lot of similarities. Another similarity I would, is obviously there's a cost element to a massage and going to see a pro dom. How yes. often do you you bring it part of your routine, like or like? Is it something that you treat yourself every once in a while, or do you have a set budget that you that you allow yourself to, for that? I've probably been going every six to eight weeks. I've been fortunate the last several years that my career's taken off, and I've just gotten myself in a good financial point where you know this isn't as much of an issue for me anymore. The cost, I understand that that won't be a case for a lot of people, and sometimes it varies. I mean, I. Definitely say I go through moods where I'm subby and moods where I'm not. So if I'm in a longer spell where I'm just not in a subby mood, I will, you know, not go. But yeah, probably every six to eight weeks. Yeah, it's about twenty five hundred bucks a year at yeah. that cost. Yeah, and they're about. Do you say about an hour to hour and a half long each session? Like you can tell them how long you want. Most have an hour minimum. And there's a lot of prep time for them and all, so it's probably not worth doing less than an hour. Yeah. So I usually do an hour. I do 90 minutes. I don't think I've ever done longer than 90. Okay. okay. But most times, and on their websites, they'll have prices for one, two, four, six, eight hours, 20, oh, some have 24 hours. Oh, yeah. They, I've seen ones of the overnight, like overnight yes. stays. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That'd be intense. Is there anything, now that you've sort of been to a few pro doms is there anything looking back that you had misconceptions about when you that you thought was one way before you had visited them and you had this stereotype of what it would be like and now you've been to them you're like yeah that was totally wrong i think anybody starting out in this you're, you're gonna have to learn to separate fantasy from reality reality can hurt <laughs> getting spanked or whipped or caned or cropped there's a pain element there. Or if you fantasize about CBT, I've only done it really mild a couple times. Not really my thing. Your balls and scrotum are pretty sensitive. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's, it's okay to watch the fetish porn and read the stories and stuff. But reality might be pretty different than that. Um, so I would really encourage you to, to, you know, be realistic going in. 
I think it's easier to start lighter and ask them to increase the intensity than if they start too strong and that could destroy the whole session for mm -hmm. you. You're like, whoa, what just happened? And what do you think have you learned from from your time seeing seeing a pro dom? Have you have you learned anything about yourself that has surprised you? I think I want to stop trying to figure out why I'm into this and like it and just try to accept that I like it. I'm not sure the reason really matters. And I get a little bit about some of the releases, but sometimes I feel like I'm just thinking too much about why am I into this? What caused this? I've gotten better about letting go of the shame and guilt. Spelling chief in our preliminary call that sometimes even just writing these emails about what I want, I feel the shame and the guilt come back. And it's crazy. I'm like, it's just an email, dude. It's five mm -hmm. sentences or 10 sentences and you're all freaking out. Your blood pressure's going up. So I'm trying to learn to, to just let go of that. I like it. I enjoy it. I get some stress relief and other psychological pleasure out of it. Hey, we're humans. We're animals. That, that's all good stuff. So just go for it. I think it's helped me learn to trust again. I went through a pretty tough period in my life right around the divorce. Some other things. My mom was dying of Alzheimer's. Divorce. My oldest brother was dying of leukemia. My career was in the tank. So, I mean, it was a really tough time and I kind of lost trust. So it may sound weird just going to a dom, somebody you've never met, you know, getting completely naked in front of them, letting them do these things to you. It helped me rebuild just some of my sense of trust in humanity and other people again, which I think was, was a very positive thing. And I think it's also helped me learn to ask for what you want. I always tell people at work, ask for what you want. You may not get it, but if you don't ask, your manager's not going to give you that, you know, $10,000 bonus if you don't ask for it, right? And if you ask, you don't get it, you're no worse off than before you asked. So I think it's helped me learn to just ask for what I want and then accept that maybe what I wanted isn't what I really wanted, right? When I talk about doing something in a session, it doesn't quite work. I thought I wanted this. I didn't. And just accepting that that's okay to do and have that experience yeah i think some really really important messages there about you know you may feel that shame and guilt but it doesn't mean it has to stop you doing it you know you you can overcome that to ask for what you want obviously super super important especially for both sides of the parties it's not just the dom telling you what what they should you should be doing it's about you expressing your needs and desires and understanding yourself and figuring out what what you want and you don't have to know the backstory you don't know you don't have to go into your childhood and be like, oh, I like being spanked right. because of this. It's yeah. more like, yeah, yeah, I like it. So let's tell the person I'm with how I like it and what I want them to do. And that's it. That's fine. You know, if they're not into it, they're not into it. If they're into it, great. And that's right. the that's the key thing. Uh, I wondered if I could just talk about a couple don'ts with that. Yeah, please. So we, we talked a little about this earlier, but don't ignore the instructions on their website. I mean, they put them there. They put a lot of time into their website. They expect you can read and follow the instructions. Don't negotiate their price. I think if you try to do that, they're just not even going to respond to your email. They're trying to make a living. It's tough work. So their price is out there for a reason. Now, maybe if you want to do a four or six hour session, okay, maybe you could talk. Or if you want to do two doms at once, you know, maybe you could talk about that. You know, if they have 400 bucks on their website for an hour, that's what you're going to pay. If you don't like it, please just walk away and, you know, maybe there's somebody else that's cheaper. I'd say don't ask them to do stuff they've told you they don't do. I said they're not prostitutes. Don't ask them to have sex with you. Don't ask them to do oral sex on you. Don't ask them to do a hard limit they put on their website that they just don't do. That, you know, that you're trusting them, but they're also trusting you to do degree and i think if you try to violate their rules that's just bad and it's not going to create a good long-term relationship with them um, i'd say don't bug them with repeated emails i know you're going to be super excited to see them if it's your first time you're going to want to know everything but they have other clients they have other stuff to do so just do your normal emails and then just show up show up for your session and then i would say don't touch them without their permission so, I mean, I know you're, you're naked and, you know, they're doing semi-intimate things to you, but I definitely say that's, they'll probably end the session and tell you to leave and never see you again. So, you know, if there's something you want to do, I mean, even if you want to grab their ankle when you're over their knee, 
ask them ahead of time, anything like that. Now, if they tell you, you know, look, you can kiss my butt or kiss my foot or something, okay. But if they don't tell you, don't do it. It's it's not going to end well. Great. Yeah, really, really useful list, mm -hmm. I think. Is there anything else we haven't asked you that we that you want to impart to the listeners? A couple of things that occur to me. One, I'm a very visual person. So when you watch fetish porn, you're watching it, right? So you're seeing it all. But like when you're getting spanked or something, you're just not seeing any of it. So it was a little bit of a change for me, just being so visual. When you're in the session itself, and maybe a little less visual. Now, sometimes they'll do mirrors and stuff, depending on the setup of their space and all. But that was something that took me a little bit to sort of adjust to, and it was a little different angle. I mean, you're feeling all the physical sensations that you aren't when you watch porn, but you were kind of being denied the, the visual thing. I don't think we talked about clothes. Some doms are very open to you asking them to wear something. I mean, they may say no. You may see a picture of them on their website. You really like that outfit. I would just say ask them. Um, I don't think any of them are you know, not going to have clothes on. That's probably a, something they'll put on their website. No nudity. Uh, but if there's some you know you see that's very attractive to you from their website or some, ask them about it. Or if you want them to switch up what they're wearing for the next session, you can ask them about it. You know, some may be open. Some are no. I you know, I want to dress how I feel for the session. What gives me the power dynamic? But a lot are open to at least your suggestions there. I feel like this podcast always says that communication is is the most important thing. You know that that's how you're going to find success in any of these BDSM sort of activities is is to communicate and to communicate clearly and openly with your partner for however yeah. long that partner may be your partner. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's key. It's key. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed yeah, talking with you. Yeah, it was great to hear about your experiences. Again, not something that I've I, we know a lot about, having neither of us visited a pro dom. Yeah, you've learned, been spanked by a pro dom. I've been spanked by a pro dom event, at a party, but, but I've, I've learned so much. Thank mm. you. This was really eye-opening. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And hopefully there'll be lots of listeners out there who, who find it useful. And even if they don't want to visit a pro dom, I think there was a lot of good tips in there about just being in a DS relationship in, in a regular couple as well. So thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and I hope you've been, I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Thank and, you. Uh, and yeah. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm sure the listeners will, will love listening to you as well. So with that, we will say goodbye. So lots of love and spanks from myself and Moano and Tom. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk helping you create the dom stuff dynamic you've always fantasized about.